When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the heels of Alabama 40, Mississippi State 17, it's time once again for instant analysis on the YouTube and Bama online podcast homes. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, back with you. I guess we'll just ring in October while we're here, right? It's getting close. Might as well have a show that spans essentially two days. And in some ways, Alabama's latest performance, I'm sure, for Mississippi State felt like it took a couple of days to complete as the Crimson Tide. How about that early surge? Four first-half touchdowns after five first-half field goals over the last three games. A non-offensive touchdown for Chris Braswell on the interception return. And really, those 31 first-half points, you kind of figured were going to be enough. Now, Mississippi State, of course, comes right out to open the second half and has some success, really had some success running the ball against this Alabama defense without Deontay Lawson at the one inside linebacker position throughout the game. Give Woody Marks a lot of credit. That's a tough dude. I think each of the last two meetings against Alabama, he's had health issues, but tried to gut it out and put up some strong numbers on limited opportunities. But Alabama's explosiveness on offense didn't throw it a ton. Jalen really didn't need to give him a lot of credit when he did. I think he had 10 completions in the game and had his first incompletion late, very late in the third quarter. And of his 10 completions, seven were of 17 yards or more. So that's a nice, that's a nice number, you know, that's a nice uh, ratio of completions to explosives. And he also had what, three or four runs of 10 yards or more, including that 53 yarder on the, Snap that was a little bit low, and it looked like he wanted to go with the quick game out to the left, but thought better of it and just split the safety in the corner, and off he went. And I don't know if I've ever seen Nick Saban as upset with his team leading 14 to nothing in the first quarter as I saw Saturday night, but it spoke to, again, some of these inconsistencies with this team and still some things that they certainly need to clean up because it doesn't get any easier next week taking the show on the road to Texas A&M. Texas A&M got a needed win over Arkansas earlier in the day on uh, Saturday. We'll get more into the Aggies, of course, as we go throughout the week. But balanced rushing attack for Alabama right out the gates. And once again, really for the fourth or fifth time this season, you saw Jason McClellan get off to a good start, and then you have a couple of sacks and – Next thing you know, you're punting the football. But, boy, James Burnup just continues to kick the football at a very high level. Really, Burnup and Will Reichard, you want to talk about two guys you can set your watch by and really count on with this special teams unit. Those guys do that. And you know, Alabama a little shaky early uh, as far as putting the football on the ground. We saw it with Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, you want Kool-Aid to be aggressive in the return game because he can get you points on his own. Uh, there are also times where, well, maybe you'd like him to fair catch that ball inside the uh, 
on the other side of the the 50 yard line go ahead and give the offense some good field position but uh he went for the late catch and had the muff but give them credit give him credit give alabama credit somehow they came out of that scrum with the football and then you have a situation pre-snap where seth mclaughlin uh, fires the snap back, goes off Jalen Milrow. You're able to get on that one as well. So kind of survive some things early. And then in between it all, mixed in some explosive plays, took the football away on multiple occasions. That was good to see. Three interceptions for the Alabama defense on Saturday night. You had a couple linebackers, Braswell with that pick six in the first half. Jihad Campbell with a nice pick there late in the first half. And then Caleb Downs with a pick of Will Rogers. Been tough for Will Rogers, man. Fourth appearance against Alabama since 2020. What is that now? Eight interceptions. And the last time Alabama had been over there, he was sacked seven times. He got pressure throughout this game. Uh, But again, Mississippi State did have some success running the football. That outside zone uh, that they had going, especially on that first drive of the second half, uh, is something I'm sure – Le'Veon Moss of Texas A&M will work next week in College Station. Le'Veon Moss, the former Alabama commitment at one time. So uh, Alabama, again, with some things to clean up, will continue to monitor the Deontay Lawson situation. I think at times it was pretty apparent uh, that they could have used Deontay, but I don't want to undersell the performance of guys like Jihad Campbell and also Trez Marshall, who – Nick Saban in his postgame remarks, very complimentary of, really likes the maturity. The scenario tonight is exactly why you go to the transfer portal and try to get a guy who's got three or four years of SEC caliber experience. Even if he hasn't played a ton of snaps, uh, he understands kind of what's coming at him, and he understands the system in a way in which he can make those calls. Uh, But Campbell was productive. I thought Marshall did some good things. Uh, Nick talked about, too, kind of the changeup Alabama got with the two quarterbacks, Mike Wright, the Vanderbilt transfer, who we had seen for Mississippi State in the lead-up to this game, but uh, you know, kind of hurt Alabama with the zone keep. And, uh, you know, that was a situation, too, where earlier in the game, I'm going to look at this with second watch tomorrow, hopefully, State hurt Alabama with the sliding tight end across the formation and out into the flat. And they threw it to him and they picked up a nice chunk off of it. So they came back to it. And I believe that may have been with Will Rogers in the game. Came back to it with Mike Wright, who can run. And two guys take the slider or the slicer across the formation. Nobody takes a quarterback. And it's also something that these teams go back to your spring games. If you don't think teams watch your A-Day game or watch your spring game, absolutely they do. And we had seen some of that with Ty Simpson runs and Jalen Milrow runs, uh, even in the A-Day game. Um, so you get Deontay out of there. Uh, things become a little bit convoluted for one of those guys. And uh, and there's still a lack of experience, which Nick pointed to in his post-game remarks. A guy like Jihad Campbell you know, if you like the way he played tonight, that's great, but he's only going to get better from here, especially since he's getting healthier and healthier after having that preseason injury uh, that slowed his start to the 2023 campaign. So we are wide open to comments uh, here in our studio chat. And Jared checking in, our guy Tex Titer checking in as well. 
Uh, Tex Hyder says, was I not correct? I see what you did there, Tex. Even this late, I get it. As we cross the midnight central threshold. Uh, yeah, non-offensive touchdown. You hit it. It was time, wasn't it? I mean, when we talk about Alabama having the type of defense it has and also the kind of special teams that this team has, it should be a fairly common occurrence. It has been with previous Alabama teams that have been home to this type of combination of defense and special teams. So uh, you've got a punt return threat and Kool-Aid. It's been a little adventurous with Kool-Aid in two or the last three games or so. Um, but you, you've got guys that at the linebacker because of your edge guys and what they can do in the pass rush. And as Braswell showed you, I know Alabama fans abhor outside linebackers for Alabama dropping into coverage, but it worked out okay, I'd say, for Chris Braswell on Saturday night against Mississippi State. But, boy, special teams and that defense. Uh, and I thought the offense, other than the snap issue there early, give Jalen a lot of credit, um, took care of the football, give that offensive line a lot of credit, protected him. You know, a lot of us have been wondering if he was ever going to be able to get down to his tight ends or his underneath receivers or his backs. Well, it's a lot easier when you have time to do it. And he had time throughout the game on Saturday night. Jared checking in here in the chat with us. And he says, great win tonight. I think it was a really good win. I think it's a confidence building win. I think for some Alabama fans and even to an extent myself, I want to see what happens in College Station next week. Not because I think Texas A&M is a great football team. I think Texas A&M has that ability, though, more so than even State had. I know Nick talked about it going into this game that, well, look, beyond Texas, Mississippi State with its front and those linebackers, Jet Johnson, uh, Nathaniel Watson at the inside spots, they're going to they're gonna be a, a load. Well, this defensive line for A&M certainly has that potential as well. And if you saw the A&M-Arkansas game earlier, I think it was 15 tackles for loss for A&M. They had a lot of them in Tuscaloosa last year, too, in addition to taking the ball away, what, two or three times. So uh, another level, I think, that Alabama looks to navigate coming up next Saturday afternoon on CBS over in the Lone Star State. Paul Witt, my pal, checking in here in the chat. Any idea... <laughs> I like this one, Paul. You know I do. Any idea when the statue of Will Reichard will be unveiled at Bryant-Denny Stadium? I don't know if there's going to be a statue. I guess if he wins the Lou Groza, maybe there will be. Uh, there's not really statues of the Heisman Trophy winners uh, at uh, at Bryant-Denny. So we got to probably get those guys up first. But I know, in all seriousness, Paul, you're right, man. Uh, historic career that just keeps on building for Will Reichard and four more field goals. And I, I kind of half jokingly said it last week in the Ole Miss game where the offense had its issues and, you know, Will just comes on and makes it all good because, you know, 55 and in, he's pretty much automatic. He's made, what, 12, 20 uh, billion field goals in a row now, 23, 24. And on the roundtable in the pregame, we had a little bit of a debate. I didn't have a debate. Some of our subscribers, and it was fun. It was, and I think it was legitimate. Is he the best kicker in Alabama football history? And for me, he is. And you got to understand, 
you know, as a 54-year-old growing up in the early to mid-80s, Van Tiffen was the guy for me. I mean, I, I became a kicker because of Van Tiffen. That was my guy. But when we're talking about an era in which you don't have that, that block, that T anymore, that you could use, I think they did away with that after 88. I think 89, Philip Doyle was at Alabama, and he had to go from the T to the ground on field goals and extra points, like in the NFL. And also, in 91, I want to say, they narrowed the goalpost by about five feet. So, you know, it's a whole different game kicking the football. Now, specialists in general are better than they were, I'm sure, 30, 40 years ago. Um, although Alabama's always had, it seems like, good holders. Um, and they've got one now with James Burnett, who has taken that thing over a couple of seasons ago and not let it go. But absolutely, Paul, whatever you want to do for Will Reichard, I think it's appropriate at this point. The guy is just lights out. And uh, Paul checking in here, and he checked out that post-game press conference, too, with Nick Saban. And his comments, Paul's comments, that post-game press conference was the most relaxed, insightful PC by Nick in a long time. I thought it was really good stuff, too. I mean, you want to know the – and it only took about eight to ten minutes. You wanted to know the the who, what, and why in that football game. Some of the things we've already talked about, like the Mike Wright touchdown run and how that kind of came about and some other things that he hit on, it was very good. I agree. Butch Worley, my pal. Speaking of former Alabama kickers, how about old number eight here? Next week is huge and will be a huge test for a team with so many young guys in key spots, no doubt about it, Butch. And this is an A&M offense. Again, not to get too deep into A&M, but Max Johnson, that's a luxury to have at the quarterback position because, as we know, A&M without Connor Wiegman, expected to be without him for the rest of the season, but still got Anias Smith, still got Evan Stewart, still got a plethora of talented backs. Now, I think Alabama can make it a game that Max Johnson and those receivers pretty much have to win, kind of like Jackson Dart and Ole Miss. That being said, there's the possibility of A&M making it that kind of game for the Alabama offense. So, no doubt, going to be a huge one in College Station next week. Let's move on. Uh, We've got Jared checking back in. If we're not able to push the ball down the field in the passing game next week, it will be very tough. That D-line will be very hard to run on. If we win it, if we win, it will say a lot about the potential of our team. I agree, Jared. I think, again, the challenges go up. You know, whether you're talking about going from you know, Ole Miss to Texas A&M, from Texas A&M to perhaps Tennessee, who looked better against South Carolina. It was South Carolina at home. Uh, but I agree. I think uh, the the continued improvement in the passing game is going to be critical. And there were very encouraging signs, I thought. Again, I know Alabama only threw the ball, I think, 13 times. Ty Simpson came in late, attempted a pass to Jalen Hale. Um, but they had more dropbacks than that. And Jalen had five or six scrambles. That being said, when you come out and run it for like 157 in the first half, you're going to run it. And again, some of those were scrambles, like the 53-yard touchdown run by Jalen Milrow. Um, so you, you take that into account for sure. But uh, whatever puts points on the boards, man, 
And Alabama needed that first half. You know, it's like a shooter in basketball that I've talked about many times before. You know, when you go a couple, three games without seeing that three ball or even free throws go through the hoop, it seems like it gets harder and harder to make shots. So to get in the end zone four times, and again, one of those was a defensive score, uh, was a very positive thing, I thought, for Alabama. Uh, Butch checking back in. I was kept from being a kicker by Van Tiffen. I remember that, Butch. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he also re, uh, reaffirms the uh, the sentiment about no block and narrow goalposts after 86. That is true. That is true. But, you know, Alabama on that offensive line, again, I think you really need to credit those guys. I thought they played better against Ole Miss. Um, I think – some of the issues they had had over the first two or three games, there was the residual effect probably on Jalen because he was still sensing some pressure against Ole Miss that wasn't always there. And that's still understanding that I don't know if pocket maneuver to maneuver, maneuverability and navigation is ever going to be totally his strong suit. But second half of that game last week, we did see him start to trust his protection a little bit more started to hang in there and get it down to the backs, get it to the tight ends, work underneath, and saw even more of it uh, on very limited opportunities against Mississippi State. So every week's different, and expect the challenges to get tougher. Um, But all in all, really good stuff from that offensive line. And, you know, we continue to see Elijah Pritchett working there at left tackle. And what I saw of him, I thought he did a nice job. I thought Caden Proctor was fine. I thought the one – false start against Caden was maybe bogus, right? You had the Mississippi State defender get into the neutral zone early and Caden did what I thought he's coached to do, which is, you know, kind of step into the zone after the defender had stepped into the zone, but the call went against Caden. Played pretty well in terms of cleanliness on offense. Again, the snap issues early – You continue to worry about that, though. I mean, those have got to get totally cleaned up. You did have a shotgun snap on a third and one play that I know brought just raucous cheers from the Alabama fan base after that one. You know, and that was another part. I know Paul talked about it earlier about Nick Saban's postgame press conference and how uh, insightful it was. And, you know, Nick went right back in on it. Um, And his point, and he's not wrong. You know, you watch enough football these days, how many plays on offense are from the gun? I mean, it's minimal under center. Um, and I even get it on third and one in some situations. Um, and even on the goal line on third down, because you're you probably think it worked. And nowadays teams go for it so much that, okay, if, if we don't get it on third, we're still going on fourth. It just seems like negative plays or more of a thing. I don't know. And Nick also talked about the cadence and the snap count and how the players get used to hearing the clap because they're in the gun so much that when you go under center, now you're doing it verbally. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm old as dirt. I'm a vapor at this point. I'm so old. Okay. But in my day, and I'm sure Nick probably could tell you the same thing. We had a silent count from under center. Now it was as simple as the quarterback tapping the center up underneath. And that was the signal to snap the football. 
uh, without doing it verbally. But we did see Alabama in the second half. It kind of felt like a troll, didn't it, in the first half? Or when Alabama did it from shotgun and got stuffed on third and one, it felt like, ah, it's just Alabama staff trolling folks now. But um, you did see – and I also wondered, too, is it, is it something that they're not comfortable maybe specifically with Jalen? But you saw it in the second half. He did it. And, again, it's in the playbook because we had seen Ty Simpson do it a couple times um, at South Florida. So, yeah, there's your answer to that, I guess. Um, you know, Alabama's receiver play, it was good to see Isaiah Bond. Again, limited opportunities. I thought it was pretty impressive, too, that on 10 completions, seven different guys caught balls. So, uh, Amari Nyblack with a couple of explosive plays. Thought he had the pro throw catch there in the second half looked like it in the corner of the end end zone um, goes up tries to make the catch tries to get his foot down there in the corner of the end zone that would have been full circle right another Alabama receiver making that kind of catch against a Mississippi school of course Tyrone's game against Southern Miss in Tuscaloosa but um, we continue to see a lot of the tight ends we even saw some 13 personnel in the game uh, Saturday night not just in short yardage either uh, they tried to, I think one of the sacks of Jalen, uh, it was actually an interior OL that looked like gave up the pressure, but they were in 13, they were in three tights and interior pressure got to Jalen and that resulted in the sack, but, uh, still a lot of CJ Dupree, still a lot of Robbie Oots, uh, still a lot of Am- Amari Nyblack. And it's, you know, it's always good when you're up enough that you can get those young guys and those reserves in late like they were able to, man. You see Jaden Roberts on that Justice Haynes run late in the game. Jaden Roberts was ready to hit somebody. I was worried they were going to get him for cleaning up around the pile, but um, Justice looked good. Uh, Didn't really see Jam on offense much, if at all. It's tough, too, because you're trying to plan for a position – and you're going into a game in which a guy is suspended for the first half or has to sit out the first half because of the targeting targeting penalty uh, the previous week. And so that makes it hard to say, okay, well, third quarter, we're going to get our third back involved when he's been over on the sideline. Or, you know, maybe on special teams, you feel more comfortable doing that with a player, but as far as everything that goes with getting in the flow of the game, coaches like to get guys in that are legitimately in the rotation to, you know, get them going as early as they possibly can. And we, you know, you talk about rotations, the defensive line continue to play a lot of guys, Tim Keenan, Tim Smith, um, Jaheim Otis, Justin Aboyby, Damon Payne. We saw some James Smith as the game wore on. So uh, a lot of guys getting some opportunities. We saw more dime on defense than we did against Ole Miss. So you saw some Trey Amos at corner. It looked like Caleb Downs was playing the money tonight. I thought that's what I saw was Downs at money with Malachi still at the safety position. And, you know, that that opening drive of the third quarter for Mississippi State certainly wasn't a high point for the Alabama defense. And, you know, watching it in real time, I'm thinking, when are these inside linebackers going to show up? But, you know, on the run that got State down inside the – the 10 or the five or so. Yeah. I mean, you also had some guys that you typically can count on to make some tackles from the safety positions in Caleb and Malachi, they came up a little bit short. So um, it was a little bit of a collective effort in, in, in state being able to come right out and get in the end zone. But 
all in all, impressive performance. And again, life on the road continues for this Alabama team. Next week at a place, the last time it visited, didn't finish so well. And that was with Bryce Young at quarterback. So hopefully for Jalen Milrow, he continues to build that confidence. That certainly appeared to be the case. I like that there were times where he looked like he was experiencing growth from the pocket and trust in his guys from the pocket. But I also like there were times when the situation calls for a guy with that type of skill set to play football, just play football, you know, like the low snap that turned into a 53-yard touchdown run. I understand you can't do that every play. Um, but and, – and I didn't mind – some of the situations where, you know, he was sacked or, um, you know, he, he maybe held on to the football. It's still better than throwing into trap coverage, you know, especially when you've got Will Reichard and you're in a position where you've got points in your back pocket. Uh, because when you've got a guy like Reichard, you know, as we saw again on Saturday night, that can be 12, 15 points on just about an, a weekly basis. And with that defense and with that punter, you can win a lot of games playing that way. I don't know. I don't know if you can win it all, but you can win a lot of games. So um, there you go. It's been a lot of fun. We'll keep it short because uh, we are into the wee hours of Sunday morning. Happy October, by the way. It's when the rubber meets the road in college football, friends. It's when you find out what football teams are made of, not just in terms of physical and roster talent, because depth about mid-October, you start seeing some teams that don't have legitimate depth start to fall by the wayside in terms of championship races. Uh, but what are they wired? How are they wired? And, uh, you know, can they finish the race and get themselves into early November, middle November, still with uh, a chance to to win something very, very precious? And, and you saw some crazy games in college football. I mean, look at Auburn. You know, Auburn offensively, horrible um you know pretty much until saturday and uh got the job done on the ground against a very talented georgia defense had an opportunity in the fourth quarter at home to win so you can't take any of these for granted what about lane double nickeling lsu and oxford getting a win over brian kelly and brian kelly he's finding out exactly how much mileage he can get out of that alabama win from a year ago isn't he because really, when you look at the record in his first, what is it, I guess, 19 games at LSU, it's not really all that stellar, but he got that win over Alabama. Tex Titer says, here's to a undefeated October. Yeah, I think, uh, I think every Alabama fan would agree with you on that one, Tex. Jared, uh, thank you for tuning in. And absolutely, we're going to have a lot of coverage, as you might expect, coming up this week, getting you ready for Alabama. Texas A&M from Kyle Field. Charlie Potter, our senior team writer, does an excellent job. No one, no one on Charlie's level when it comes to the daily beat work that he provides for us at BamaOnline.com. Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, myself from the team perspective. And then, of course, recruiting JoJo on the go, Hastings takes you on the road almost every weekend it seems like to check out uh, the top prospects for the class of 2024 and beyond our site publisher tim watts of course uh, andrew bone we got you covered team recruiting we've got you right there at bamaonline.com thanks for tuning in late or early one or the other now 
yeah i guess when i was younger this would have been this would have been late no this would have been early i don't know something like that i'm, I'm too old to remember at this point thanks again guys and gals appreciate you staying up with me and hang out with us on the roundtable premium message board there at BamaOnline.com. Until next time, song everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.